It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Trusenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Happy Monday. Today is September the 26th, and this is the 11th episode of Season 2 of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. And we're glad that you're here listening in. We start every morning at 8 o'clock with a quick prayer, short scripture reflection, usually taken from daily readings, unless something else jumps out at us. <laughs> and then we pick a topic that's current and pressing in our world, and we discuss it. And today, after our scripture reflection, we are starting our week off with an exciting topic. We will be discussing, or Stacy's going to be discussing and telling us all about angels. Stacy Trasenkos wrote an article for Catholic Answers on the Science of Angels. One of my favorite topics, and um, it, it, it's exciting to me as a convert because I guess when you're when you're when you're thinking about angels as a as a Baptist, like we were when we were little girls, mm-hmm. you you think about angels, but but I don't remember anybody ever telling me what angels are. Right. And there is a rich tradition in the Catholic Church on angelology. And <laughs> I actually took a class on it when I was studying theology and I was like, get out of town. This is so neat. So after wow. the scripture today kind of talks about angels. And um, thought it would be a good time just to go through what the church, just the very basics of what the church does teach about angels, because it's, it's really, and, and they're real, because they're real, because they're with you right now. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear what you have to say on that topic. So um, it, let's just say a quick prayer and we'll jump right in. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, thank you for this day. Keep us mindful of you and draw each one of us closer to you. We want to be so close to you, Lord. And once again, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we would comprehend your scriptures. Give us give us fresh eyes to see you, Lord, and ears to hear you. We love you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Okay, and as always, I encourage you to read the scriptures and spend some time with the Lord today. All right. So today is the memorial of Saints Cosmas and Damien. Um, I read about them and I kind of wanted to share their story with you. The church's account is that these two saints were twin brothers who became fish physicians um, in Cilicia, Cilicia, Cilicia. I don't know. I'm trying. I've tried to pronounce these words, but just say it fast and keep going. <laughs> I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) They were known as the silverless. And that's because they didn't take payment for their services. But it was because of this. Silverless. Silverless, like no money, no silver. And it was because of this that they were able to win many souls to uh, Christ. Um, However, the prefect 
Lysias had the brothers arrested and they ended up being martyred um, around the year 287. Um, their remains were buried in the city of Cyrus in Syria and the emperor Justinian between 527 and 565 restored the city in their honor. Now he was cured of a, it doesn't tell us what the disease was. It said it was a dangerous illness and they had uh, um, cured him. So because of his gratitude, he rebuilt the church at Constantinople and, um, it had become celebrated place of pilgrimage. And then Pope, actually Pope Felix IV uh, built a church in their honor as well. So these two saints are regarded as the patrons of physicians and surgeons. Now that is the church's uh, account, but there is a story that goes along with their martyrdom that I thought was very interesting and kind of tied in today with what we're talking about. So whenever they would encounter a patient, they would uh, make the sign of the cross over his head and one would pray, one brother would pray while the other brother administered medical attention. And they were very well known and um, they actually started studying medicine in order to have an opportunity to um, bring people to Christ. And they were known for miracles um, like restoring sight to the blind and the lame walked. And But Lysias thought they were doing everything with magic and had them arrested oh. and they were whipped bound and thrown into the sea. And as the story goes, wow. an angel untied them, rescued them, brought them to the shore and their backs were healed. Well, this infuriated Lysias. And so they were thrown into the fire, but they were not burned. And of course made Lysias even matter. So they were um, to be stoned and arrows thrown at them. But it was like an angel had put up an, you know, a shield because like there was an invisible shield between them because the, the stones and the arrows just bounced off. They were not hurt. However, the story says that the bystanders, the ones that were looking on and throwing the stones, they were severely wounded. Oh. So needless to say, this in just made uh, Lysias even more mad and they were beheaded with the sword along with their three other brothers. So all five, the two twin saints and three brothers were all martyred that day. So even though we're not really going to be reading from the scripture reading today, the memorial of the two brothers reminded me of another story in scripture. And this is the one where Peter was arrested and put in jail. Mm -hmm. And it says that Peter was secured by two chains and was sleeping between two soldiers. He had one soldier on one side and one soldier on the other side. And there were also guards outside the door keeping watch over the prison. It says that an angel of the Lord appeared and a light flooded the building. The angel tapped Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly, fasten your belt, and put on your sandals. The chains fell from Peter's hands, his wrists, and the angel said, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So Peter did. And at first, Peter thought that he was just seeing a vision. He really didn't understand that. He didn't think the angel was real. But after passing through the first guard post and then the second, they reached the iron gate that led out to the city and it opened all by itself. 
And when they had walked down the street, the angel left him. And then Peter, when he came to his senses, he said this. Now I am positive that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches. So that is Acts 12, 6 through 11. You can go back and read that. Peter thought he was seeing a vision. He didn't even realize that the angel was real. And sometimes we might not recognize angels. As a matter of fact, it says in Hebrews 13, do not forget to offer hospitality to strangers. For by doing this, some have entertained angels without knowing it. In Hebrews, it also calls angels ministering spirits. Ministering spirits who are sent forth to serve for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. And we know that they ministered to Jesus after the devil left him in the desert when he was being tempted. It says that the angels came and ministered to him. And I love how it, the Bible tells us that these angels, ministering spirits, will protect and guide us. It tells us that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. It also says that he will command his angels to guard you wherever you go. That's Psalm 9111. But, and I mean, there's there's tons of scriptures here on, on angels, but my all-time favorite is in Daniel. And I'm going to talk real quick about this, and then I can't wait to hear what Stacy has to say. But in Daniel, Daniel was praying for three weeks, 21 days. It says he refrained from eating any choice food, abstaining from consuming meat or wine, and he did not anoint himself for three weeks. This is where we get the Daniel fast. On the 24th day, he saw an angel, and when the angel spoke to Daniel, he fell on the ground, and the angel told him, he said, Daniel, you are greatly loved. Pay close attention to the words that I'm about to speak to you. Now stand up. So he stood up, and the angel told him this, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you resolved to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your prayer was heard. It is because of your resolve that I have come. The prince of the kingdom of Persia thwarted me for 21 days, three weeks. But finally, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. I left him there to confront the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and I have come to explain to you what will happen. So I love this because I remember this passage when I'm struggling and when I'm not hearing God, when I need an answer to prayer and I need direction for the next step, I hang on to this. This passage of scripture reminds me that there's so much more going on than I know. There's all kinds of things happening behind the scenes. And the Bible tells us that we see in part where God sees the whole picture. Possibly part of the part we don't see is the battle. There truly is a spiritual war being fought. We see that over and over in the word of God. But even though from the first moment that Daniel started praying, that very first day, the answer to his prayer was on its way. It got hung up. It got delayed fighting that unseen war. But God does hear our prayers and we have to keep praying and maintain our resolve. And this is encouraging to me because even though I don't see the answer, doesn't mean the Lord isn't fighting on my behalf or working things out for my good. And when the answer comes in God's timing, it says, don't grow weary in doing good for you will reap a harvest in due time. When God, uh, in God's timing, when the answer does come, I may never fully realize what it took to get that answer. The chapter, this chapter uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, and I encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter, but it helps me to trust God when I can't see the answer. 
The Bible tells us that the battle belongs to God. He is the one fighting for me. He is fighting for you, even when you can't see it. So keep praying. Hang on to your resolve. And when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. That's another scripture in Ephesians. Trust God that the answer to your prayer is on its way, possibly <laughs> carried on the wings of an angel. Yes. Stacy, I'm so ready to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I'm literally on the edge of my seat. It's a good way to wake up Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... That, thank you, Stacy, for that. Because I mean, the strongest argument for the existence of angels is just what you went through, the scripture of angels. Um, I remember that um, a man named Mortimer Adler, he was a very famous philosopher, and he was a, a Thomistic philosopher, so he studied St. Thomas Aquinas. And he was he was well known for it. He wrote many books, um, Mortimer Adler, if you want to look him up. He wrote many books, but he was not Catholic. He was he described himself as a pagan philosopher and he wrote a book on angels and us. So angels and us, U.S. And and this is a man writing it who is just reasoning the fact that there must if we if we believe that we have a soul this immaterial soul mm-hmm. reason compels us to accept that there would also be beings who don't have bodies and only have spirit and uh, be, because if, if we're body and spirit you know our soul then th- why can't there be spirit without body um so he he says reason compels us as long as we're not materialists, if, as long as we accept there's anything in the spiritual realm that's real, we would have to be uh, believers in angels. But he says for Christians, you got to believe in angels because it's all in your Bible. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't look at the Bible and say, oh, well, that's just like a fairy tale. The angels mm-hmm. weren't really real. No, there's so much throughout the stories in the Bible, all throughout it, New Testament and Old Testament. He says, if you're a Christian, that you you have to believe in mm-hmm. angels. Absolutely. And you don't get it. So so I remember, like, like I'm not beating up on the Baptists. I'm just saying, like, I never heard a Baptist explain to me what angels are. He just kind of accepted them as real. And I pictured them as, you know, flowing gowns, trumpets, like we kind of see them at Christmas, hair, mm-hmm. golden mm-hmm. hair, wings. Mm-hmm. I was delighted to get to the Catholic church and learn what this really means. So that's, so I just want to tell you more things. So the, it is in scripture abundantly in scripture. It's also in our catechism, the the catechism that we use now to know what the church teaches in section 328. The catechism teaches us that we have our, there's a host of angels, but we also have our own guardian angel. Um, There we each, each person has a guardian angel. Um, and the catechism says, beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd, leading him to life. Not through life, but to life, mm-hmm. eternal life. And mm-hmm. and that is a quote in the catechism today for Catholics right now, but it's taken from the fourth century from uh, St. Basil the Great, um, a, a church father, a writer in the in the fourth century. So way back from the beginning of Christianity, um, there has been this belief in the Catholic Church of 
specifically a host of angels, but especially a guardian angel appointed to each one of us. Like there's a hierarchy of angels. So if you want to find where to read more about angels, I think the best place is St. Thomas Aquinas's treatise on the angel. And the treatise part just means it's a section in the Summa Theologia. Um, and we have, there's links in the article that I have at Catholic Answers. I had, a, I took a course in my theology studies and the whole course was on St. Thomas Aquinas and his treatises on the angels. And we had to read Mortimer Adler. We had to read some uh, other, there's a lot of books written by Catholic theologians on what angels are, what they do, how we think about them, how we have a relationship with them. Um, there are strong arguments that say we should never name our guardian angel. <laughs> Did you know? Like, no. who thought of that? Like, I didn't, I didn't even thought to ask that. But yeah. <laughs> we should not presume to name the guardian angel. They are higher creatures than us. We are, we are special because Christ, when he chose to become incarnate, he chose to become human like us. He did not choose to become an angel. He chose to become human. So we are like Christ, but angels are higher in the order um, of intellect than we are. So why is that? Because in the order of creation, so if God's creating a perfect world with all this hierarchy, there is God who's, who's pure spirit, who's being itself, love itself, truth itself, um, primary, simple. But there would, it stands to reason also, just like Mortimer Adler said, that there would be intellectual creatures that are pure intellect, pure mind, no body. So if you, if you think about us, kind of, you can kind of think about angels if you think about yourself. Imagine if you didn't have a body, what would that mean? If, if, Mm -hmm. And so let's say we don't have names either, right? <laughs> but mm -hmm. Stacy, if Stacy and Stacy had no names and no bodies, what would be left of us is just this our soul, but we would for the angels we call it a spirit. It would be just pure spirit. And that's what angels are. They're pure spirit. They don't have bodies. When we picture them with wings and hair and trumpets, that's because as humans, we have to see something if we're going to paint pictures. So mm -hmm. artists depict them that way. But angels are actually just minds. They're pure spirit. They don't have a body. Like if we are imagining, imagining ourselves, if we don't have a body, that means we don't have eyes that have to take in light rays to see things and process in our brain. We don't have noses. We don't have mouths to mm -hmm. taste things. We don't have fingers to touch things. We don't have brains to process things. And that's the difference. Their purely spiritual nature means that they are created. This is what St. Thomas Aquinas reasons and the church um, agrees with this. These purely spiritual creatures were created in the instant when God created the universe, when God created in the beginning of Genesis, he created the creatures, angels, all in an instant. And in the moment of their creation, they knew all they were meant to know. They had the fullest of knowledge appropriate to them. So there is a hierarchy of angels, the host of angels, and some angels are closer to God, some know more, some know less. The angels are created with all the intellect. So we say that our rational soul is intellect and will, free will and intellect made in the image and likeness of the triune God. Angels are created with all the intellect, all the knowledge they're meant to possess in a moment. Since they're created with all the knowledge they're meant to have, they're also created 
in the moment of their creation, their free will, they made a choice like we do at the end of our lives. We can choose to be we can choose to go to heaven or we can choose to go to hell. Our whole life is a journey to try to get to heaven. And it, at the moment of death, we make our final choice. Angels did that at the moment of their creation. And so, as we know, there were some angels that with their free, because God gave them free will, just like he gave us free will. There were some angels that wanted to be better than God, were jealous of God, and they followed their leader, Satan, also an angel, and they fell. They fell from grace. They turned away from God. They made their choice for all eternity. And then the other angels are the good angels. So there really are good angels and demons. Demons are the bad angels. And a demon never becomes a good angel. A good angel never becomes a demon. A good angel, like your guardian angels are, always does the will of God. Good angels always do good. They always, always, always do God's will. They are working for God. They answer to God. They, The guardian angels are sent to us specifically by God as a gift. And you can trust them that they will always do good. You can never trust a demon. Mm. You can never. So what we do in spiritual discernment, that's what spiritual discernment is all about. You're praying and trying to figure out, is this decision I'm making, is this from demons or is this from angels and i don't know that's pretty scary mm -hmm. you know because when when i learned all of this and i realized there is a like you said before stacy there's a spiritual battle raging around all of us all the time right now you have demons and angels in all around, like they don't take up space because they're pure spirit, but they are with you. They are all around you. The demons are doing the work of Satan. They want to steal your soul and make you go to hell. The good angels are there to protect you. And, and they have the upper hand <laughs> because mm. they're on God's side. But you have to really, discernment is not just something we take lightly. Discernment is something we have to be very, very prayerful about. That's why you can't discern without prayer. Because you have to be conforming your will to God's will. And you have to have the help of the good angels to do that. Mm -hmm. um, that was both scary to me and comforting. Like scary because you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like <laughs> th yeah. this is for real. Well, I am. I very much believe that, that there is a spiritual warfare. You know, the, the, the spirit realm is very real. Mm -hmm. I mean. Um, I guess it's eternal, right? And this is temporal. Yeah. There's that scripture. I kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the scripture reflection, but in Ephesians where it's telling us to put the whole armor of God on and it says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the powers, the cosmic rulers of this present darkness and against the evil, the spirits of evil in the heavens. So, yeah. I mean, that tells you right there that there is a battle going on. That's why we always say, you know, your enemy's not your husband. Your enemy's not your uh, teacher. Mm -hmm. It's not your boss. You know, there is a spiritual warfare going going on. And, and someone once once yeah. explained it to me and I just thought of this. And someone once once explained it like this to me because it's kind of uh, a big concept, I guess, if, especially if it's the first time you've ever tried to wrap your mind around it. But Someone once said, if a puppet slaps you, <laughs> are you going to be mad at the puppet or the puppeteer? Right. And it just kind of always made me think, you know, if we're not fighting against flesh and blood, 
then it's not that person. It's it's something going on in their life. It's it's an open wound that the enemy is pouring salt on at that moment, or it is you know a struggle that they're in, and it's it's more than what I can just see. So that kind of helps me not, not be, mad. be so upset at that person that is um, you know that I encounter at the grocery store or at the you know at the bank or whatever, because I don't know what all's going on in their life. And it's not just them. That's, that's, you know, yeah, they're dealing with a lot. Yeah. There's something else going on. Something behind the scenes that mm -hmm. we can't see. Right. And I mean, people are responsible as a matter of free will for their own choices, but Mm -hmm. they are, you never know what is, you never know what kind of demonic, oppression is is being worked on a person um mm-hmm. j- just to say a little like i think we should do a whole episode on demons because there's a whole lot to that like first of all your your guardian angel is good don't name the guardian angel <laughs> but, yeah. but don't forget about your guardian angel like your guardian mm-hmm. angel is with you all the time and you can send your guardian angel to to look after your children to look after your friends you can send them to go places they will go for you um, they don't have to travel through time and space. So they are there in an instant. <laughs> they can literally mm-hmm. bilocate. They can be there. Um, d- be a friend. Be, you know, be, your guardian angel is your friend. Avail yourself of that power. But as it relates to demons, don't ever try to talk to demons. Like, mm-hmm. like we'll get it. We can get in that at another time. But exorcists are trained by the church to do that. And even they take it very seriously because they are very susceptible to demonic possession um, and oppression and temptation because they deal with them directly. But even an exorcist does not deal with the demon directly himself. He hides behind Christ. He is always in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ. It's like you're hiding behind Christ. Mm -hmm. Us especially should never try to talk to demons. And I've heard Catholics do this before. And and I I really want to say don't, don't. Don't do that because they they are not bigger and stronger than God, but they are bigger and stronger than you. And don't try to take them on yourself because you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but do realize. So so what do you do if you feel like demons? So um, real quick, what do I mean by temptation? I think we all know that demons like we pictured the demon and the angel sitting on your shoulders. It really is like that. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> it really is like that though. But demons will kind of think of it like whispering into your brain, your mind, your soul. Mm-hmm. Demons will whisper in and say, oh, wouldn't you love to gossip about Susie? Wouldn't mm-hmm. you love to set Joe straight? Wouldn't you love to tell him how he was wrong? And said, mm-hmm. wouldn't you love to damage so-and-so's reputation? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you love, wouldn't you love to go to that party and, and wear that dress with your Heine hanging out. <laughs> like they're always, yeah. always trying. I, they, they don't tempt me to do that, but no. uh, <laughs> I have no temptation. But they, but they're always they are they are tempting you. Mm-hmm. But if you accept the temptation, they will go further and oppress you. And I think of oppression like pressing on your mind. Have you ever felt like evil thoughts were just pressing so hard on your mind that you can't shake them? Mm-hmm. that's real. Th- mm-hmm. Those are the demons. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to talk to those demons. You don't need to take them on. What you need to do is pray. 
If yeah. you can't remember any other prayer, pray the Our Father prayer because it says, deliver us from temptation. That is literally what you're saying. Deliver mm -hmm. me from these demons. Mm -hmm. And it will work. They will leave you alone and you can think clearly. If you think I'm lying, try me. I am a recovered materialist from the chemistry world and I'm telling mm -hmm. you what I'm saying is true. It is very mm -hmm. true. You'll feel it. It happens. Mm -hmm. But the worst kind is when the demons actually come into your mind and take you over. That's called possession. And it doesn't happen unless you invite them in. That's why we don't use Ouija boards and things like that, because you are knowingly inviting them in when you do that. And if you invite them in, guess what they're going to do? They're They'll gonna... take you. Mm -hmm, yeah. They will take you. And you may even think your children are possessed or oppressed. And that's why you need to pray for them too, because this stuff is real. Um, mm -hmm. But on the better note, you have all the protection you need simply by praying. I mean, prayer is like a shield. It protects you from them mm -hmm. and it, and it really will work, but you know, you got to pray without seizing because the minute you let your guard down, guess what happens? Mm -hmm. uh, I can't tell you how many times um, Pat will actually pray over us. And, you know, if we feel like we're dealing with something or under attack, he will put our armor on and, you know, again, maybe go back and read um, the whole chapter of Ephesians 6 because it talks about warfare. It talks about mm -hmm. putting the armor of God on. You know, you put the um, it says, we, you know, of course, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but it says put on the armor of God so that you will be able to hold fast on the uh, on the evil day and to hold your ground with all strength. And it says stand firm then with the belt of truth fastened around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness and with your feet shod in zeal to proclaim the gospel of peace. Then uh, mm. all circumstances hold in your hand the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation as well as the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it says uh, in all your prayers, pray always in the spirit. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. So it, it tells us to put the helmet of salvation on the breastplate, wow. of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the sword, sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. And Pat and I clothe ourselves in that. We literally speak those words. Pat will pray that over us. I have prayed that over myself and we we clothe ourselves in that. Um, right. Just, you know, if we feel like we are in war, we we put our battle gear on. That's amazing. <laughs> Talk about an outfit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, that's absolutely. amazing. That's amazing. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you so much. I enjoy doing this with you because you, you always, I love that. I'm amazed at how much scripture, you know, it's amazing. And I'm, it's a gift. And I'm really <laughs> grateful that you do that. And now I'm going to go get dressed and put on my armor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, well, thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah. We will be back at you tomorrow with more. Um, yes. Please subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about it. Um, and just, again, pray. Pray yeah. and keep keep that outfit that Stacey just described <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm Stacey Tresakos. And I'm Stacey Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>